Hello, and welcome to This Week in Wall Street History. I'm your host, Todd Schoenberger. The date is Tuesday, January 6, 1914, when one of Wall Street's most recognized and prestigious investment firms opens for business from its office located at 7 Wall Street in Lower Manhattan. Merrill Lynch, founded by close friends Charles Merrill and Edmund Lynch, would quickly become the investment bank of choice for those intrigued by the stock market. During the next 30 years, it grew by a series of mergers and acquisitions into the nation's largest and best-known retail brokerage firm. Just as Lehman Brothers had epitomized the aristocratic German-Jewish culture in the financial industry at that time, Merrill Lynch became a symbol of working-class Irish Catholic culture, which seemed to be a mirror image of New York City's police and fire departments. That blue-collar backbone separated Merrill Lynch from its peers as it was considered the working man's investment bank. In 1971, Merrill Lynch became a publicly traded corporation, and by the mid-1970s, it utilized its solid reputation of catering to retail investors by introducing Wall Street's first cash management account. The CMA was not only known for its ability to combine money market assets with investments, as well as check writing and credit card capabilities all in one account, but for the mere fact that it was available to anyone regardless of income level and an expanded investment portfolio. The CMA put Merrill Lynch front and center for every American household eager to find a way to participate in the financial markets. As a result, the firm proceeded with an aggressive televised commercial campaign in an effort to inform the public that it was eager to connect Main Street to Wall Street. The financial capital of America. Home to hundreds of investment firms. But whose thinking is sought by corporations and governments? who is quoted almost every day in America's business press, yet who always has time to help any investor of any size. You know who. There are lots of investment firms, but there's only one, Merrill Lynch. In 1978, the ability to attract individual retail accounts led to the acquisition of a small but prestigious investment bank named White Weld & Company to expand its underwriting activities and take advantage of the ability of its huge retail brokerage arm to place new common stock issues with investors directly rather than through syndicates composed of other firms. But by 2000, Merrill Lynch, just like Lehman and another Wall Street heavyweight named Bear Stearns, was becoming increasingly dependent on its collateralized mortgage obligations business to grow profits. The firm chose to enhance its growth by more than doubling its 2003 leverage ratio of 19 to 1 to 39 to 1 by 2007. This helped Merrill Lynch provide its common stockholders with a 13% increase in investment returns during this period. And many of those investors were of the individual retail variety that Merrill was best known to attract. Concerns about Merrill's viability increased during the summer of 2007, when two Bear Stearns hedge funds defaulted. For the last quarter of 2007 and for the first three quarters of 2008 combined, Merrill Lynch wrote down more than $46 billion to bad bets on real estate and other mortgage-related instruments. These write-downs had severe consequences for Merrill. The firm's stock price fell significantly. Moody's Investor Service placed Merrill's long-term debt on review for a possible downgrade. Traders and other firms lost confidence in the firm's ability to meet its trading obligations. And the firm had to increase its equity capital by selling off assets. Additionally, between 2007 and September of 2008, Merrill had to lay off over 7% of its employees. 
Merrill's continued write-downs of toxic mortgage assets, increasing operating losses, difficulty refinancing its short-term borrowings made it clear that its days as an independent firm were numbered. On September 14, 2008, Merrill Lynch agreed to sell itself to Bank of America for $50 billion, or $29 a share, a 61% discount from where the stock was trading just one year earlier. We hope you enjoyed this episode of This Week in Wall Street History. Be sure to check out our other shows on the Evergreen Podcast Network. For Crosscheck Media, I'm Todd Schoenberger. Take care. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.